So we figured it would be time to kind of shift our sights uh, over to the NBA a little bit and just kind of call out some interesting things that we're seeing. This is like a fundamental. This is a genocide conversation that's happening. Here, human rights yeah, issue. Yeah, and a big thing that we're seeing right now uh, is the conversation about the forced slave labor of the Uyghur Muslims and then their uh, China's, that is their encroachment yeah. upon Hong Kong. Like how many more stories need to come out yeah. before we call that genocide? Okay. Or sure. before we stop buying Nike products? Bef I, I don't know, before we stop watching the NBA? I don't know, I don't know. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Kingdom Thinking. Uh, I am your co-host, Josh, and the main host, Hansel, uh, sitting Whoop. right across from me. How you feeling? I'm feeling good. All right these days? Very good. Yeah. How's your golf game? Oh, come on. Yeah, still not good. <laughs> hey, so today, uh, I got a question for you that we're going to lead in with. I want you to give me two convincing reasons why Michael Jordan is better than LeBron James. Just two. Two convincing reasons? Yeah. All right. Uh, my first one would be... Um, the six and zero. Oh, that's do always dominance. Yeah, six and zero oh. counts. Sure. Um, so I would say, when it counted championships, no game seven, six and zero. Oh. Okay, that's the first one. The second one I think would be I think he's mentally different. So from what we see, uh, I think LeBron is a br brilliant businessman. I think he's got his hands in a lot of different pots. He's got a lot of stuff going on. Mm -hmm. I'm not convinced that from the I don't know, from 86 to 96, uh, LeBron would have been able to keep up with Michael Jordan mentally to uh, compete and escalate himself mm -hmm. the way that MJ did. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I remain unconvinced. LeBron James is still the greatest player of all time. Go ahead and at me. Send me all of your comments, and I will destroy you. So today we're talking about— Wait, hold on. Hold on, uh, hold on. No, it's okay. we got to jump into the show. Uh, we'll talk about it in the comments. You, also, comments. you also think Clay Thompson is top 75. He was. He was 77, so, technically. No. So, so he's, there's an argument to be made for him there. But anyhow, uh, that's all right. Profits are never appreciated in their own day, right? And this is something that for all of our fans that are watching. Uh, so today we're talking about something that's a little bit more serious, though, that I think is really interesting. And this Related has been, to the NBA? Yeah. And so we've been uh, dunking on the NFL for a while now, no pun intended. And so we figured it would be time to kind of shift our sights uh, over to the NBA a little bit and just kind of call out some interesting things interesting that we're seeing. Uh, and they're coming in the form of the Celtics big man, Enos Cantor, right? Yeah. So Enos Cantor, uh, spectacular basketball player, really good in his own right, right? Has a solid career. He's made a lot of money, you know, and that kind of thing. He's okay. Uh, yeah, like he's fine. Solid, good role player for his team. They yeah. do great. Uh, they're, it's awesome to see them get knocked out every year because uh, the Celtics suck. Um, but one thing that is quite redemptive about Enos Cantor, minus the fact that he's a Celtics player, is he has been one of the most consistent and vocal players in the yeah. NBA, particularly few instances. Uh, when it comes to calling out social injustice, right? Yeah. And there's kind of been uh, a few things that he's been harping on recently uh, as it relates to China. And so we know that a couple of years ago, Daryl Morey, the former GM for the Houston Rockets, got in trouble for his comments about Hong Kong. Uh, and it caused a big hubbub with China, and he had to, you know, kind of walk those comments back a little bit. And then LeBron, who uh, has been criticized in the media as having a, an opinion about everything and anything, right, outside of basketball, when it comes into like the China conversation, he gets oddly quiet. Squeamish, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to be a little bit courteous to him here, and so Enos Cantor has jumped all over this, right? And the big thing that we're seeing right now. Uh, is the conversation about the forced slave labor of the Uyghur Muslims and then their uh, China's, that is their encroachment yeah. upon Hong Kong. Right. There. And so have you seen any of this or what has what yeah, has yeah. Your, uh, so your knowing of this been? Vaguely familiar. Uh, I 
was keeping up with the Hong Kong uh, protests um, and some of those developments. Um, I also was aware of the like concentration camps. Yep. Um, specifically for Muslims and I, th I think other people groups as well. Uh, I wasn't sure the extent of it. So yeah. now it's forced labor uh, for their like economic. For a few million Uyghur Muslims, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, so it's crazy, right? Yeah. And so one of the things that uh, Cantor did that oddly has not gotten a lot of attention, attention from like mainstream media kind of stuff yeah. uh, is he actually tweeted at Phil Knight, who's the owner of Nike. He tweeted at LeBron James. He tweeted at Michael Jordan uh, wow. and asked him or asked them to come on a trip with him to China to go see these places, right? And as a result of this, uh, he called, and in addition to that, he called Xi Jinping a dictator, right? And like a monster and said that China shouldn't be able to host the Olympics next year, right? And all that stuff. Um, and so hmm. uh, what has been fascinating to me is like China pulled all of the Boston games, yeah. right? And so we so have this- positive reaction. Yeah. So we have this interesting dichotomy now that exists where it's like on one side, China is this big world that consumes basketball like crazy. Right. And there's a lot of money to be made there. Like yes. we're not talking millions. We're talking in the billions of dollars to be made, which will make everybody's life who plays and who's related to that game right. better. Endorsements. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so then on the other side, you have this major, what can only be described as an atrocity uh, taking place within that community. And so one of the questions that I'm most interested in right now is like, what do we do with that as Christian consumers there? Mm -hmm. Because this is no longer a conversation about like, the NFL just pandering for all people and LGBT stuff, even though they, you know, don't do well with like their domestic abuse. Like this is not just like a uh, one blind spot. Yeah, this is like a fundamental. This is a genocide conversation that's happening here. Human rights. Yeah, issue. and we're fully aware of this, right? And there has been uh, multiple reports covering this, and yeah. so this is not just like Enos Cantor's misinformation kind of going out, right? right. Uh, this is a huge deal. Right. So, what do you think are some uh, as we as Christians are yeah. supposed to like be in the world, but not of it. Right. What should our relationship with things like basketball be when we know that this is as bad as it is? So here's the thing that comes to my mind. I've heard comments or references made before uh, of the hypothetical sort where people say, if you and I as Christians were in Western Europe in, yeah. in the 1940s, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah watching uh, German nationalism and its consequences of amassing um, power, weapons, et cetera, and coercion mm -hmm. eventually, mm -hmm. um, concentration camps, the intent mm -hmm. uh, to annihilate this, the Jews, this group of people. Would Christians do something? Yeah. Did Christians do something? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, there's stories about- uh, Yeah, people like Dietrich, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, Bonhoeffer uh -huh. um, and so, so on and so forth, right? But by and large, Western Europe, who is fundamentally shaped by Christianity, didn't jump in until it was too late in some yeah, ways. Yeah, In yeah, some yeah. ways. So the only thing that I can think of is, uh, is this comparable? Unless people see the forced labor, enslavement, rape, violation, and execution of this group of people as something like genocide— and they're willing to put their money where their mouth is, yeah. meaning what, like the threat of nuclear war. Um, I don't think things are going to change. Yeah. So are you, uh, maybe it's not exactly parallel, but are you talking about like um, 
like we knew in the NFL there was a problem with domestic abuse for a long time, but when the Ray Rice video came out and people could see it, mm. it completely changed right the conversation and really sped up a lot of that. Right? You're saying there's some type of similarity by people being able to actually see something. It does something for them on a core you know, amygdala type level. Yeah, it makes it more visceral. Sure, sure. Um, I don't know if that's what I'm saying. I'm saying, like, how many more stories need to come out yeah. before we call that genocide? Okay, Or sure. before we stop buying Nike products? Bef- I, I don't know, before we stop watching the NBA? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. So this is, and this is what's interesting to me, right? So last year, there was uh, a bill that made its way through Congress, okay. right? And uh, the bill was a thing that would prohibit uh, broad categories of certain goods being made by the persecuted Uyghurs, right? And so what was interesting about this, uh, so Apple, Coca-Cola, and Nike were part of a lobbying group to get this thing shot down. Wow. And it's in part because their supply chains actually touch, you know, that Xinjiang Xinjiang region where everything is happening. And and so that's why Enos Cantor is calling Phil Town a total hypocrite, you know, I'm sorry, Phil Knight, uh, a total hypocrite because... He's saying, like, in an American setting with somebody like Colin Kaepernick, Correct. right? Like, stand for something, even if it costs you everything. Yeah. And it's like, you're having... That's a Nike ad. You're probably having his shoes made, made. by slave labor. Yeah. There, there is something... That is incredible. It Like, the That's cognitive powerful. dissonance right. is spectacularly impressive. Yeah. There, right? Like, the yeah. ability to hold those two realities together. Well, and the only way you can hold those together is if... The bottom line is dollars. Yes, because that uh, that can be as amorphous ethically as you need it to be. Yeah, of course. So that's fine. Of course. However, if we're going to try to have a worldview where people have value because it's endowed upon them by God, well, then- and this is crazy. Sorry to interrupt you, but this is crazy to me, right? Like that we even have to frame that part of the conversation as like this is some type of religious thing that we should like yeah we should be able to get to this level without god even existing right like let's just assume god's not right, here but, for a moment but that's that's the point though yeah yeah because it's, it's because bananas in to me. china that's not the case right 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 um and what i guess what i'm saying is am i making that accusation of nike and apple that you can only function in that way in some like godless world mm-hmm mm-hmm you see what I'm saying? Because yeah. that's where the conversation becomes. Yeah. And so, yeah. like, so, it has what, to. so what does that mean for the Christians? And like, we haven't even th- like, what about the NBA? Yeah, billions of dollars, and everybody gets quiet. Yeah, and like, you know, I'm if I was an NBA player, I, I don't know how I would react. I, I hope I would, right. I right, would right, be right. as uh, vocal as Enos Cantor if I if I had millions of dollars on the line. I hope that I would still be like, no, this is not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know that anything would change unless people saddle up and say, yeah, we, you know, we're not going to back down. Like, yeah. what would that take? Yeah, I mean, it, it has to come from the money, right? All, so I think about this. So the, it, are you saying the U.S. government has no incentive to stop China? Uh, I don't think on, so. On the... I don't think on an issue like this. Yeah, there right. Because so much money is coming exactly. through. There, it's like... Uh, you know, it's typically like Democrats who we're going to see leading the charge on this kind of conversation right. usually, right? Right. And 
Democrats are still going to get money. They're still going to get funding, right? They're still going to get campaign donations, right? Um, Uh, Because all of that money touches everyone, right? right? Nobody's clean in that conversation. It's not to single out Democrats, but nobody's clean in that discussion. There, but so this kind of reminds me of like the fair trade with chocolate conversation, right? So it's like a lot of companies will use slave labor in parts of Africa to get their chocolate, right? You see that Hershey's, Nestle, have been accused of that kind of stuff. There, and and for a while, the answer to this conversation was like. Hey, the world is just irreparably broken until Christ comes back on some level, right? right. Like it's going to be fundamentally flawed. Yeah. And so no matter what we do as Christians, we're participating in some type of evil. Uh-huh. There, and I think there is some categorical truth to that, right? Yeah. Like because like our clothes. Yeah, right. Because probably... systems are made of people. Yeah. And broken people exist, so therefore systems are broken, right? So okay. it's not a hard logical right. extension you, here. You couldn't be a purist yeah. and still like yeah. function. And so. But we're starting to see answers pop up, right, in in that world of chocolate with, like, the fair trade chocolate movement, right? L.A. is now, like, the fourth largest city in the world that does fair trade chocolate stuff. And so my wonderment is, like, if enough Christians just legitimately were like, dude, we're just done. We're done consuming Nike and we're done consuming basketball until something changes or mm. something gets better or LeBron right. or at least you there's some type force of force the market gesture. Yeah. 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 You and, bully the market uh-huh. into ethics. And that's the only way that capitalism well, kind of seems to respond. Yes. I mean, I think that's what happened in the NFL yeah. with the George Floyd yeah. and somewhat the aftermath of what Kaepernick started. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, they kind of got bullied into, all right, we got to soften our stance yeah. on some of this. Mm-hmm. And the, I, uh, I think Roger Goodell made a statement and it was, Less than epic, probably. <laughs> sure, Let's sure. put it that way. Yeah. But they got forced into that. Uh-huh. Are you saying something similar? I don't know how else we can do this, right? Like, like besides like avo- like avoiding nuclear war. And yeah, yeah right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it seems like the only way that we can really have this conversation is like we have to talk in dollars and cents. That's crazy. There. And and for us, it would be convenience, right? Like the fact that I'm even thinking about like, could I really stop watching the NBA? Mm-hmm. Does that really show where I'm at? Like it, that, I'm just giving up convenience. Yeah, yeah. And I and I wonder if there's like an actual spiritual conversation to be had here right. for us as believers because yeah. it doesn't cost us anything, right? Like I haven't watched personally just because I haven't had time, and I don't have cable. I haven't watched an NBA game since the finals of like two years ago when the Lakers were in it in the bubble. Yeah. And it's like, so I'm not taking a principled stance here. I'm just taking I have a two and a half year old daughter stance here, yeah. right? And so, uh, but I wonder what it would be like if I legitimately said like. I have, I've bought one pair of Nike shoes in my entire life, right? I've just have never cared for them, right? Just whatever. And so it's like, what would it be like if I was mm-hmm. like, hey, for the now on, the reason I'm not buying Nike or the reason I'm not going to consume basketball anymore is because these are unethical conversations or unethical realities and there needs to be some type of conversation yeah. around this. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know if that yeah. would make a difference, but the value of our conversation is at least is that we get to be purists, right? Like we have that luxury right. in this conversation. Uh, and I would imagine our world would look a little bit different if we led out of that kind of place or that type of thinking in a more intentional way over and against kind of the conversation around dollars and cents. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think so. I, I, I even feel just emotionally yeah. heavier Yeah. thinking about some of these realities. Yeah. And I think if more of us were moved in some ways towards that, there might be inorganic power and difference that would shift. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's just tragic. Yeah, it really, it really, really is. Yeah. So we're going to leave it there. Drop a comment. Let us know what you think. And make sure you check us out on the Juice app. Uh, LeBron, despite his foibles, is still a better basketball player than Jordan. Thanks so much for watching. And we will catch you next time on Kingdom Thinking. Lies. It's all lies. <laughs>